Hey, it's great to see you guys. Thank you guys for being with us today, making us some part of your day. Welcome to the quest. It's always good to be together. So before we get into the talk today, I just want to pray together. And if you can, I just want you to close your eyes. If you can't, no big deal. But we just need to go to God together and just present ourselves and our anxieties, the things that are going on in our lives. Ask God to step in and, and recognize his lordship in our lives. Father, we love you so very much, and I thank you so much for each person that's listening. I know that you're doing great things in their lives. I know that you have your hand upon their lives. I know that you are calling them to be used of you. I know that you have a purpose for their lives, and I ask today that, Father, your purpose will get carried out in our lives. And, Father, for the fears and the anxieties, for the lack of faith that we might have in Whatever the given situation is that we are going through, Father, I just ask you would step in. Father, that you would bring your peace and your presence into our lives. Father, I just thank you for each person. I ask that your hand would be upon them as individuals, that your hand would be upon their families, that you would protect them. Father, in the uncertainties of life, that you would step in and that you would increase our faith to trust you, to be aware of your activity. Father, remove the fear. Give us faith that conquers fear, I pray. And Father, we just open our hearts to you and ask and give you permission to speak into our lives today. We ask that you would just speak to the things that we need to hear in our lives. We love you so very much. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Well, we are continuing our series that we've been in for the past few weeks entitled Jesus Revolution. It's been a great series. We're going to continue one more week through Easter next week. But man, it's just been a really good series. It's kind of a play off of the movie that's out right now, though it really has nothing to do with the movie. It, it just has a great venue for what we really want to experience, and that is a greater revolution of who Jesus is. We need a greater, greater revelation of Jesus, but we need a revolution in our lives, a greater authority of Jesus's hand on our lives, a greater experience with Jesus. In the 1970s, where this movie came out of, this Jesus revolution impacted the culture and the church, which has really been what we've been looking at. And it's a great definition of what a revival is. And that is when the church and the culture have an encounter with Jesus that changes their hearts. And as we've been pointing out, we're no different than the church of the 70s. We need a revival in our lives. We need a, an awakening in our lives. Our culture obviously needs that, but it's not just the culture, it's us as well. We need a greater awakening, a greater compassion for the lost. We need a greater heart for the things that God loves. We need greater faith to be used of Jesus, to follow Jesus in the world that we live in. So if you want to write this down, a Jesus revolution is this. A Jesus revolution happens when we discover who Jesus claims to be. It's not just getting to know about Jesus. It's accepting who Jesus actually is, not trying to make Jesus who we want him to be based on what we want from him. It's understanding that our need of Jesus is great. And when we surrender ourselves to him personally, we open our hearts to him. We want to experience who Jesus claims to be because who he claims to be touches our lives and it changes our lives. So the purpose of this series has been to discover who Jesus really is, to get to know him personally. And as we get to know him personally, that affects how we respond to him relationally. See, what we believe about Jesus is really important because what we believe about Jesus affects how we respond to Jesus. And something you might want to write down on your notes is this. When we believe that Jesus is who he claims to be, 
our faith in Jesus increases. See, when we put our faith in Jesus, we stop defining Jesus and start discovering Jesus. We take him at his word. We trust that he is who he claims to be. We put our faith in him. You know the scripture in Hebrews, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, our faith in Jesus is really important. When we believe that Jesus is who he claims to be, then we trust that Jesus will do what he claims he will do. This faith in Jesus changes how we live. It changes what truth we live from. It changes the purpose of our lives. Our faith in Jesus allows to live with peace and hope and confidence in our lives because everything in our lives rides on our faith in Jesus. That's what the scripture says that we've been looking at throughout this series. And it says this, you remember friends that, that when I first came to you, Paul says, I, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is, then Jesus and what he did. Jesus crucified. Listen, our faith in Jesus is critical to our experience with Jesus. You can't have an experience with Jesus without faith in Jesus. So as we look into these claims that Jesus has, these traits about Jesus' life, the one that we want to look at today is this. You can write it down. See, a Jesus revolution happens when I discover that Jesus is God. Our encounter with Jesus is not an encounter with just a man. It's not an encounter with just a teacher, and it's not about a religion. When we encounter Jesus, we encounter God himself. And you might be thinking, come on, Dave, duh. Of course Jesus is God. Not everyone believes that. And then there are some that claim to believe this, though they don't act like they believe it. Here's the thing we all know, and that is this, that the culture that we live in does not believe that Jesus is God. The world and the culture of the world has always sought to deny, defy, discredit, and destroy Jesus. And the reason is because who he claimed to be. I mean, truthfully, no one hates a good man. No one hates a good teacher. No one hates a prophet. No one hates a savior. But people have always had a problem with Jesus claiming to be God. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. We celebrate the culmination of Jesus' life and ministry. Specifically, Jesus' triumphal entry. Even then, we see that who Jesus claimed to be did not fit who the people wanted Jesus to be or who they believed Jesus to be. See, the truth is, is a lot of people accept Jesus for what they can get from Jesus, what they want from Jesus, what they're looking for from Jesus. The problem is, is that it changes who Jesus is in, in our eyes. Let me read the text for you for, about Jesus' triumphal entry. It says this. It says, The next day a great crowd that had come for the Passover festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And they took out palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. They believed Jesus represented God, but they didn't believe Jesus was God. These people were attending a Passover festival that turned into a Jesus festival. Has that ever happened to you? You intended to go somewhere, but in the going, you found yourself to be somewhere completely different. That's what happened with these people. It happened to a friend of ours as well. A long time ago when we started the quest, we had this young girl and she was working at a, a sandwich shop here in town, the Clovis. So every Saturday at this sandwich shop was pajama day. 
they could wear their pajamas to work. So because you could wear your pajamas to work, it allowed her to sleep in a little bit extra. Well, the problem was the next morning she overslept. So she, in a frantic, she got ready. She knew she could wear her pajamas, but she takes off following her normal route to work. But she's still half asleep. She's not fully awake yet. She drove the normal route that she would drive to work just like she did every other day. The problem was that to this day, it was more traffic. It was different. So as she's driving, she's making a left-hand turn onto a popular street in downtown Clovis and found herself in the Clovis Rodeo Parade. Now she's locked in, wearing her pajamas, no makeup, driving her car. Horses are in front of her. Floats are behind her. She knew about the parade, she'd forgotten about the parade, but found herself in the parade. See, that's what happened with these people. They were attending a Passover festival, but found themselves involved in a Jesus festival. So as they know that Jesus is coming, they're waving these palm branches, which is a traditional greeting for a hero or a king. It really spoke to who they wanted Jesus to be. See, waving palm branches was a sign of victory. Hosanna means the one who saves. And this crowd was under the Roman rulership. The Romans made life miserable for them. They wanted the Romans off their back. They wanted their own king. And while most of them either were present or heard about just the week earlier that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, well, if Jesus could do the impossible, then surely he could save us from the Roman Empire. They were looking for a king to provide for them and protect them. And when they thought that Jesus was there to fulfill their wishes, when they had defined, this is why Jesus is here, well, they cried out and it said this, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. See, their statements were not so much about who Jesus was. It was more about who they wanted Jesus to be, what they wanted him to do for them. And then when the crowd found out and realized that Jesus was not going to do what they wanted him to do, this same crowd responded differently. And it says this in John 19, it says, But they shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. See, the same crowd that yelled his praises also yelled for him to be crucified. See, here's the deal. If we define who Jesus is based on what we want him to do for us, well, in time, we will reject him too. So Jesus never said these exact words like, I am God, worship me. And you might think, well, it sure would have been easier, you know, if he would have just come out and said that. And why didn't he say those things? Why, I mean, why didn't he just come out and say, I'm God, worship me? And the reason is because Jesus spoke in parables and allegories to conceal himself from this wicked and prideful people that sought to destroy him and, and to kill him. But Jesus did, in fact, make his deity very clear. In fact, something you can write down is this. Jesus made his deity so clear that it killed him. As I said earlier, no one hates a good man. No one hates a good teacher. No one hates a savior or a prophet. But these were not why the religious leaders wanted Jesus dead. They wanted him dead because he claimed to be God. And that put in motion the plan of these religious leaders to end the life of Jesus and to kill him. So I want to look at Jesus' claims. I want to look at his claims about being God. And the first one you can write down is this. Jesus claimed to be God. We just need to get that out. 
Jesus was talking to the religious leaders and because they were all about Abraham and Moses, Jesus said that Abraham would be happy to see me. Then he goes on to say this. Jesus said that most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And then what they do? They took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them. Jesus wasn't just saying that he pre-existed. If he was saying that, they could have written him off as being crazy. What Jesus was referring to was a story in the Old Testament about a man named Moses who had an encounter with God when God spoke to him through a burning bush. And Moses asked God to identify himself. And God says this, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. So when God says, before Abraham was, I am, that statement, they knew very well who Jesus was claiming to be. That's why they picked up stones to throw at him. Another time, Jesus claimed to be God by saying this, I and the Father are one. And then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of these are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for the blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. They recognize when he makes these statements, when he says, I and the Father are one, he's claiming to be God. He's making himself equal with the Father. Let me give you another one. When Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, to one of the temptations, Jesus responds to Satan with this way. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, he's claiming to be God. And when you read it, Satan doesn't deny it. Here's another claim that's made, and that's this. The Old Testament prophesied that Jesus is God. The Old Testament foretold that there would be a child who would be born of a virgin. It says this in Isaiah. It says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, a virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus fulfills this prophecy of Isaiah. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus also identified as God, and you can write this down, because Jesus did what only God could do. We just looked at the story a few weeks ago, but some guys brought their friend to be healed by Jesus, and, and he was paralyzed. And they had to let him down through the roof because the place was packed. But look at what Jesus says to them, and then look what the religious leaders, how they respond. It says this, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And they were right. Jesus forgave sins because he was God. He claimed to be God, even in forgiving sins. Jesus is revealed as God also because of this. You can write it down. The scripture identifies Jesus as God from the very beginning. We've got to know that Jesus was not created. He's the creator. Jesus spoke everything into being. He is the second person of the Trinity. He's not less than the Father or less than the Holy Spirit. They are equal God is three separate individuals, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They work together in perfect unity as one, and they all share the exact divine nature. In John 1, 1, it says this about Jesus. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. 
And then in verse 14, it goes on, it says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. Jesus is the word and the word is God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and died for us. Another scripture that identifies Jesus as God is in Colossians, Colossians chapter two. And it says this, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. I give you these scriptures because I want you to understand who Jesus claims to be. He's more than a teacher. He's more than a good man. He's more than a rabbi. He is God. Something else the scriptures point out about Jesus being God is this, that Jesus' followers identified Jesus as God. They called him God on multiple occasions. One of them was after the resurrection. And Thomas, he had a hard time believing that Jesus had come back from the dead until Jesus showed up where the disciples were hanging out and, and says this, then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Listen, like Thomas, we need to be exposed to the deity of Jesus because it changes our response to Jesus. So why is it important that I discover that Jesus is God? I need to discover that Jesus is God because of this you write down. Because we don't define him, we let him define us. When you encounter a good man, you might be inspired to be a better person. When you encounter God, he moves into your life and he changes your life. I mean, how do I know that Jesus is God personally? It's because Jesus changed my life. I've experienced the deity of Christ. I've experienced that Jesus is God and that changed my life. It changed the nature of my life. It changed the purpose of my life. Galatians 2.20 says that this way, my, my old self had been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we don't experience the deity of Christ, then we will define Jesus to fit who we want Jesus to be. But when we experience the deity of Christ, when we experience that Jesus is God, that experience will change us at the very core in our hearts. Another reason we need to experience that Jesus is God is this. When I know that Jesus is God, I'll worship him. If you're not worshiping Jesus, you need to check your definition of Jesus. Because worship is our natural response to encountering God. If we don't discover that Jesus is God, our response will never be worship extended to God. If you remember when Jesus was born, the wise men came and what did they do? They worshiped him. When the disciples encountered Jesus walking on water, what did they do when Jesus climbed into the boat? They worshiped him. When Jesus rose from the dead, the women that were there at the tomb, it says this about them. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went in the process, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him. They grasped his feet and they worshiped him. See, when we're exposed to God, when we encounter God, then worship is a byproduct of our lives. Worship gets extended to God. 
Remember the crowd that was at Jesus' triumphal entry? Their worship turned to hatred because they refused to accept Jesus as God. Listen, something that you can write down is this. When I discover that Jesus is God, I will look for ways to worship him. This is an action step for us. It's not just acknowledging that Jesus is God. It's when you experience that Jesus is God, you're going to look for opportunities to worship him. We don't worship him for what we want from him, but it's a response to who he is. It's our response to God. It's also important that I discover that Jesus is God for this reason, because only God can take away my sin. A good man can't take away the sin of the world. Only God has the authority and the ability to remove the sin in our lives. Remember when Jesus healed the paralyzed man that was brought by his friends. Jesus said to the skeptics there, he said this, I, the Messiah, have the authority on earth to forgive sins. Listen, we need an encounter with God himself for the forgiveness of our sins. Our greatest need in life is that our sins would be forgiven. And only God can do that. So an action step that I would encourage you to take is let God forgive you. Let God forgive your sin. Remember, as we go through this final week of Jesus' life and ministry, we get to the very purpose of why he came, to die on the cross for our sins. And only one who is without sin can pay the penalty for the sins of those that are guilty, us. If Jesus was merely a man, his death on the cross would have been noble, but it would have had no power to forgive sin. It would have been just another death at the hands of the Romans. But when Jesus goes to the cross as God, that has the power to not just forgive sin, but to destroy sin. Because Jesus is God, he is able to overcome death. And his sacrifice is able to cover everyone and anyone who calls on him for salvation. I want to encourage you to take that action step to allow Jesus to forgive your sin. I want to also encourage you to look for opportunities to worship Jesus. I also want to encourage you to look for opportunities and allow him to change you. Experience the fullness of Christ the deity of Christ. Listen, Jesus claimed to be God because he was God. When we embrace Jesus as God, our lives are never the same. I'd like to pray with you. And maybe you're listening and you don't have this relationship with Jesus. You never allowed Jesus to forgive your sin. You never acknowledged the deity of Christ. You never looked at Jesus as God himself. I want to encourage you to embrace him. I want to encourage you to open your heart to him. And some of you, you might have already experienced it, but maybe you haven't acted it out. In other words, you're not looking for ways to worship him and you're not really allowing him to change you. What we're doing is we kind of love him for who we, what we want to get from him. I want to encourage you to allow Jesus and his God nature to define you to set you on a new course, to give you a brand new purpose. Let's pray together. I just lift up each person, those that are talking to you right now, those that want this relationship with you, those that want to surrender their lives to you as they put their faith in you, Jesus. Jesus, I ask that you would step in and that you would forgive their sin, that you would apply 
and fill their lives with your love. That they would experience your power in their lives. That they would experience a changed life. That their lives would become an expression of worship to a God who loves them and cares for them and died for them. Jesus, we worship you. We love you. We thank you. Wash us clean. Purify our hearts. Remove anything that's in us that is not pleasing to you. Jesus, as we accept you as God himself, may that change our response to you and may it change how we live and how we trust you and may it change our faith in you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I just want to say thank you guys again for being with us and making us a part of your day. I pray that you experience the greatness of Jesus in your life, that you experience him as God and experience his power in your life. Have a great rest of your week. God's very best to you. Hope to see you on Easter. Bye-bye.